Welding instructor Alex DeClaire knows VR training platforms like ForgeFX help students master their skills. There's a big learning curve with welding. Virtual reality simulates that exact muscle memory that they need. Learn more at meta.com slash metaverse impact. BetMGM has an unreal deal for sports fans in Virginia. Turn $5 into $150 instantly when you place your first wager at BetMGM. Simply download the BetMGM app and sign up using code CHAMPION150. Then place a $5 wager on any sport. You'll receive $150 in bonus bets regardless of your wager's outcome. And if you think the fun stops there, the king of sportsbooks has plenty of surprises in store. Check out daily promotions, same-game parlays, live bets, and so much more. Download the app in Virginia today and get 150 in bonus bets instantly from your first wager. Only at BetMGM. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Virginia only. New customer offer subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C. There's plenty to celebrate in March and ex- Craft Month with the perfect pizza at home class from Craftsy. And anytime is right to listen to iHeartRadio's iHeartCountry Radio. Discover more shows and movies for free. Now here's a highlight from Coast to Coast AM on iHeartRadio. And welcome back to Coast to Coast. George Norrie with you. Let me tell you a little bit about our guest, Paul Wallace, a researcher, speaker, author of a number of books on spirituality and mysticism. He researches the world's mythologies for how they speak to our origins, our species, and our potential today as humans. In the 80s and 90s, Paul's work centered on establishing foundations for new faith communities, Over the last 20-plus years, he has designed and delivered training for church ministries in the United Kingdom and Australia. In Australia, Paul has lectured on the history of religious thought and also interpreting texts, including the Bible, and has served the Anglican Church as an archdeacon in the Australian Capital Territory as well. Paul, welcome to the program again. G'day, George. It's wonderful to be with you again. Great to And let me tell you how honored I was to write a snippet for your book, which you used on the cover. Oh, absolutely. I loved what you said, George. Thank you so much for that, because your words probing deep into the power of the mind to do incredible things, that really is where the book goes. That's, that's the nub of what Echoes of Eden is all about. So you nailed it with that quote, and I'm really grateful for it. Thank well, you. and you've nailed it again with another great book. So how do you keep doing this? I mean, my gosh, your knowledge is immense. I think it's great sources. I've learned through my research for the Eden series where to go to sit at the feet of elders and guardians of ancient cultures and initiation traditions. And that is such a rich source. But I also bring my background with me, 30 years in church-based ministry, translating ancient texts, interpreting texts. And I find when I put those things together, it really is dynamite. And I'm just on a continual learning journey and sharing the journey as I go. Paul, your first couple of books, of course, since Escaping from Eden, The Scars of Eden, Talk about memories of E.T. contact. Explain that. What happened? 
Well, I got into the field through Bible translation, and certain key words throw up some anomalies in the text, and any preacher knows bits of the text that they'll struggle to preach from because they know something else is going on there. When I drilled down into the root meanings of key words, I discovered that by alternative translation choices that favor the root meanings, a whole different story emerges. And rather than the familiar story of God creating us, we have stories of paleocontact with all different kinds of entities. And when I retranslated the text using the root meanings, and this is what I do in Escaping from Eden, I realized that the story that emerges is one that repeats all around the world. You can find it in the source narratives from out of ancient Sumeria, Babylonia, Arcadia, and Assyria. But then you can go to Africa, you can go to Mesoamerica, go to the Norse countries. All around the world, these same stories repeat, and the details that recur are incredible. And it was really the correlation of those details that got my attention and made me think this story that's hidden in plain sight in the Bible really has legs to it. Cultures all around the world who had no connection with each other are bringing us the same memories, and they are memories of E.T. contact. And of course, the third book in the series, Echoes of Eden, the brand new one, tell us a little bit about the title. Yes, Echoes of Eden. When I was researching Escaping from Eden and the Scars of Eden, I realized that as soon as you listen to ancestral narratives, you realize that stories about human origins are completely intertwined with stories of paleocontact and completely intertwined with stories about higher human potential. And so I knew I needed to unpack that. I needed to explain the so what of paleocontact. What difference does it make if our ancestors met ETs or were altered by ETs? And to unpack that question, that's why I've gone to wisdom traditions from around the world, initiation traditions, because those are the places where the old stories have survived that not only talk about memories of higher human potential, they actually have protocols for releasing it, for enabling us to be more conscious, to release more of our human potential. And that's what I look at in Echoes of Eden. But it's a story of suppression, because this wisdom of the ages in every generation, there seems to be an attempt to get rid of the information, to push it out of the mainstream. And yet somehow, it always resurfaces, it always survives, it echoes through the ages. And so that's why I chose the title, Echoes of Eden. Was this information garnered by E.T. involvement? Well, there are traditions that are quite open about that. I was surprised when I was researching Escaping from Eden, for instance, to discover that Plato, who is widely acknowledged around the world as one of the great minds of all time, the foundation of Western thought, many philosophers would say, and Plato is very open that he got some of his information from contact experiences. And then you go to the Hermetic texts, and the same claim is made there by the writers of those ancient texts. Contact phenomena led to this information. And then there were other groups through history, the Cathars would be an example, where they talk about the ability to download phenomenal information and insight from the cosmic realm. And so these are the themes that repeat some kind of contact that progresses the human experience. And to my amazement, as I studied it, I realized that that theme 
is in the Bible as well. Paul, kind of paint us a picture of this ET contact and then handing over of knowledge on when this could have happened and what it might have been like. Well, I've come to the conclusion that the human race has been visited many times by many cosmic neighbors and different parts of the cosmic family. I think there was a key intervention about 10,000 years ago following the last global cataclysm that was to help us recover our place on planet Earth and build a new civilization. And many of the stories that we call our creation narratives, I think are recollections of that time about 10,000 years ago. But they're often layered with other story that refers to even earlier times, civilizations that predate Homo sapiens. And so there are hints at a civilization prior to the breakup of Pangaea. So that's before the Cambrian explosion, before the dinosaurs, before the mammals, before us. That's a totally different civilization. And Plato talked about a, a cycle of planetary history where every few thousand years something happens to the planet due to the mm -hmm. movement of objects in space that takes civilization back to virtual zero. And so we have a lot of stories of ET interventions that are helping life to recover. And if you listen to indigenous peoples like the Cherokee in North America or the Mohawk or to Aboriginal Australians or to the ancient Babylonians, they give the credit for the beginning of their people group as a civilization to visitors from space. And sometimes they're quite specific about what regions of space the people came from. And they say they sat with our elders in the deep past and they taught us about agriculture. They taught us about sanitation. They taught us about natural health, what plants are good for food, which are good for medicines, which are good for releasing higher powers. And so there are so many stories. I love these kinds of stories because it's nothing like Invasion of the Body Snatchers, Mars Attacks, oh, right. Independence Day. They are stories of the human race being nurtured and helped to live in balance with the planet. Paul, did they nurture and help us because maybe they seeded us, as Zechariah Sitchin used to say? Yes, I think the story of seeding is quite correct. I find the story of seeding is there in the Bible when you make certain key translation choices. And that echoes what's in the ancient cuneiform texts from out of Mesopotamia. And it echoes what's in the Popol Vuh, the Mayan story. So I think, yes, we were seeded, and then we were visited and revisited to help us on our way. It's not all nice light stories. There are stories in which humanity gets caught in the crossfire between different ET demographics with different agendas. But the stories of help and nurture are a very consistent theme. This help and nurturing was done primarily where? Africa, Egypt, or all over the place? All over the place. I think I would point to the top of the Fertile Crescent as a critical place to identify the beginning of civilization as we know it. But then Aboriginal Australians who've been here, the current consensus is at least 60,000 years, would point to an intervention here that helped establish them on this continent. So I think there were interventions all around the planet at different times with that nurturing input. Witness the dawning of a new era in automotive luxury with a reveal unlike any other as Infinity presents a new chapter in luxury, the premiere of the all-new 2025 Infinity QX80. 
Join us March 20th live from the Edge at Hudson Yards in New York City, featuring an unforgettable performance by Grammy and Academy Award-winning singer, songwriter, and composer, John Batiste. The all-new Infiniti QX80 is unlike any luxury SUV you've ever seen. Smart enough to anticipate your needs, even before you do. Every line, curve, and detail was thoughtfully crafted, so everything for every passenger feels just right. Don't miss it. Mark your calendars and be the first to see it March 20th at 7 p.m. Eastern, only on iHeartRadio's YouTube channel. Save the date at new-qx80.com. 2025 QX80 coming this summer. Welding instructor Alex DeClaire knows firsthand how VR training platforms like ForgeFX can help meet the demand for skilled workers. Anywhere you go look, there's going to be a shortage of welders. VR training can help welding students learn the skills they need to begin and advance in their career. The beauty of virtual reality is it simulates that exact muscle memory that they need. Explore more stories like Alex's at meta.com slash metaverse impact. BetMGM has an unreal deal for sports fans in Virginia. Turn $5 into $150 instantly when you place your first wager at BetMGM. Simply download the BetMGM app and sign up using code CHAMPION150. Then place a $5 wager on any sport. You'll receive $150 in bonus bets regardless of your wager's outcome. And if you think the fun stops there, the king of sportsbooks has plenty of surprises in store. Check out daily promotions, same-game parlays, live bets, and so much more. Download the app in Virginia today and get 150 in bonus bets instantly from your first wager. Only at BetMGM. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms, 21 plus only. Virginia only, new customer offer subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C. When you talk about Eden, do you talk about Eden as the Bible would talk about Eden? I talk about the Eden in the Bible, but I think we sometimes misunderstand what it was. You say Eden, and most people think paradise. Yes. So when people see my first title, Escaping from Eden, they think, why, why would you want to escape from paradise? <laughs> but I argue when you do the translation work and put it alongside the source narratives, Eden turns out to be a place where our ancestors were brought into their current form. This was a place of genetic engineering that helped finesse creatures that were already living on planet Earth. And I believe that uh, a primate ancestor was worked with and adjusted and adapted and combined with some of the DNA of our visitors to create us as we know us. And so that's really what Eden was. It was a safe zone, an enclosed zone, where a certain generation of visitors finessed us and brought us to our current form. Paul, why has this sharing of knowledge from the ETs apparently stopped? At least that's my impression. I actually don't think it has stopped. All right, and One of the things that I've found very exciting in my research for Echoes of Eden is the testimony of cultures around the world that encourage people to be sensitive to information that is flowing to them individually. Often when we talk about ET contact, people think, yeah, NASA should tell us everything they know, or why didn't the Pentagon give us more than nine pages? 
and they're sitting hoping for the moment when the president of the U.S. is going to step forward and say, my fellow Americans, I've got something I want to tell you. And I don't think that is going to happen. I think there is contact at a covert government level, as Haim Ashed said a couple of Christmases ago. He was the brigadier general who was chief of space security for Israel for 27 years. I think if we just sit and wait for authorities to tell us, we're going to miss what's going on. And that is that contact experiences are happening all around the world and that millions and billions of people are experiencing some level of communication that's coming their way. And there are references to that in the New Testament as well as in ancestral narratives all around the world. Paul, when you talk about suppression, who's doing the suppressing? Governments, churches, all of them? Governments, churches, all of them. And in Echoes, I give some examples from different times in history and different places. You can go to the 6th century BCE and you'll find the suppression of stories of paleo contact in Hebrew tradition. I talk about a visit I made to Brazil in the 1980s and I got to see in real time what it looks like when a religious authority suppresses a local memory of paleo contact. I saw that happening in Amazonia, uh, in Pernambuco, as John Paul II was trying to clean up ceremonies that were done at harvest festival time. And as I looked and listened to what was happening, I realized that some of what was happening was Catholic ceremony, and some of it was the recollection of first contact with a non-human entity who taught their ancestors agriculture and sanitation and all those other things. And it was done uh, in the name of pure religion. So to remove the indigenous elements, the African elements, just leave the Catholic Portuguese elements. So I, I saw it there. And then through the centuries, whenever there's a moment of colonization, the colonizing power always goes in wanting full-spectrum dominance. It needs to be the news agency, the arbiter, what's true, what's false, what's news, what's fake news. And so they get rid of all the other news agencies, which is often the priesthoods. They execute them, and then they burn the books, which is what happened with the Mayan heritage in South America and Central America. It was all lost. It was all written. But it was in order to be deleted and replaced with Christian orthodoxy. And you can see it happening in different ways through the centuries, sometimes through violence and sometimes just through a kind of cultural imperialism that says if you're educated, you think this. And if you listen to your grandmother or the local stories, then clearly you're uneducated. And it's often in those subtle cultural ways that we're encouraged away from ancient memory and just to stick to the program. Paul, in your opinion, where did these ETs come from? Well, they're... Uh, Dimensional, the planetary, what do yeah, you think? I think all the above. Yes, I think we have stories that are very sort of 3D. They are people like us, or similar to us, but with high tech from other regions in space. And so there are three regions that get repeated throughout ancestral narratives, and that's Orion... Sirius, and the Pleiades. And there are other regions named as well, but these three crop up all the time. But then some of the stories suggest that there is interdimensional contact as well. And that's even a part of the biblical story where the role of the priests and the prophets was to achieve remote communication 
because the ETs were not on the planet's surface. And then when you go to Plato, again, there's that suggestion. Some of these beings may be energy-based beings. They may be interdimensional beings. And some may be very, very similar to us. So I think there's a great spectrum. And it's why when you come to stories of the Sky Council in the biblical tradition or what Hamish Shedd called the Intergalactic Federation, you've got a huge range of ET demographics. Why do you think the governments and churches and those with knowledge of this want us suppressed? I think in some cases it's quite a simple matter of wanting to control the narrative and have a general population that's not too empowered. And so, for instance, when the Roman Empire hijacked Christianity, Mm -hmm. it morphed it into a form that had God and the emperor at the top, the bishops and the senators in the middle, and then the priests and the people at the bottom paying and praying and obeying. And they, again, wanted to have full-spectrum dominance. They wanted to be able to declare what was true, what was false. And if, if the Roman Empire said there was no riot or slaughter in that square, they didn't want another news agency coming forward and saying, oh, yes, there was. Or they didn't want the church authorities saying, this is how it is, and then people having um, interdimensional contact with powerful beings saying, oh, no, the authorities are wrong. They only want one channel of information, and they want people to be dependent on the state, on the empire, for all their information, all their welfare, all their health. The idea of people who have higher information, access to other powers, well, that's not very manageable. And empowered individuals don't usually go very well against states, especially when they're in conquering mode. So you can think about what happened to Jesus as an example of an empowered individual, or, or to Gandhi as another example, or, or John the Baptist. I think it really is a matter of controlling people, uh, having a, a passive, compliant people who aren't too empowered, who don't think they know what's what, and will wait for the authorities to tell them what's what. Listen to more Coast to Coast AM every weeknight at 1 a.m. Eastern, and go to coasttocoastam.com for more. Infinity presents a new chapter in luxury, the premiere of the all-new 2025 Infiniti QX80. Live March 20th from The Edge at Hudson Yards in New York City. Featuring a performance by John Batiste. The all-new 2025 Infiniti QX80 is an SUV designed to help every passenger feel just right. Be the first to see it March 20th at 7 p.m. Eastern, only on iHeartRadio's YouTube channel. Save the date at new-qx80.com. Don't miss it. 2025 QX80 coming this summer. There's plenty to celebrate in March and ex- Craft Month with the perfect pizza at home class from Craftsy. And anytime is right to listen to iHeartRadio's iHeartCountry Radio. Discover more shows and movies for free.
Does money stress you out? Let FACET flip your financial chaos into clarity. Finding FACET immediately put us at ease. FACET's innovative approach to financial planning ensures your money works as hard as you do, enabling members to experience the joys of having your finances in order. That makes us FACET for life now, I guess. (laughs) Visit FACET.com, F-A-C-E-T.com to learn more. This ad is sponsored by FACET. FACET Wealth is an SEC-registered investment advisor. This is not an offer to buy or sell securities, nor is it investment, legal, or tax advice. These testimonials are from current FACET members who are not compensated. All opinions are their own and not a guarantee of a similar outcome.